Our great God, our dear loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks. For you are worthy of our praise and our thanksgiving. And Lord, you are also worthy of our trust. Father, today, may we see a clearer picture of you, of who you are and what you can do in our lives. Father, I pray that you please speak to our hearts. And may you pour upon us a full measure of your spirit. Lord, I ask that you please hide me behind the shadow of your cross, that I may not be seen or be heard. And even a desire to be seen or to be heard, Lord, please take that away. That Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up, and exalted. This, Lord, we pray and we ask. In the loving name of your Son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. The Lord gave me the privilege to be a missionary for the past eight years and ten months. I'm near my ninth birthday. God is good. And God has been so good because He has led me through each and every trip, and He somehow compelled me to rely fully upon Him. No salary, no stipend, only depending on Him. God is good, amen? We serve a powerful God. We serve an awesome God. And throughout my travel, as I walk along this path that the Lord has had me to take, there's one thing that I observe, especially when I go to countries that do not know Jesus. I went to Korea, I went to Japan. People were so busy. And there's one common thing. There's no peace, there's no joy in their faces. And then I realized, wow, these are the people who need to know Jesus. Amen? This is why we're doing outreach. And you know what's the saddest thing? The saddest thing is I go from place to place, travel from church to church. Most of the places that I go to is our churches. I don't do evangelistic series. Most of the things that I do is revival and reformation. And the saddest thing that I see is the similarity, the faces that I saw in Japan and Korea, I see in our churches. Isn't that sad? We're supposed to be the happiest people on earth. Can you say amen? amen. Even your amen is not so joyful. <laughs> We're supposed to be the most joyful people on earth. We profess to have the truth. We profess to have Jesus. And there's this beautiful verses that says, John 15, verse 11, These things I have spoken unto you, that your joy might remain, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. One of my favorite verses, Psalm 16, verse 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is what? It's fullness of joy, not just joy, but fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And as our brother Samuel read a while ago, Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured what? Endured the cross. Friends, this morning I'd like to propose something, that there's joy in the cross. Amen? The amen became even more nervous. <laughs> There's joy in the cross, amen? amen. Okay. But, well, let's, let me share with you the things that I have observed, the reasons why, being as a church, that we don't have the joy. This is just Jem's little observation from a little missionary. So, first one first thing that I'd like to propose is that we don't have joy, we don't have peace that the Lord has already offered is because we plan for our own selves and not for the glory of God. Do you believe this? The way that we plan things is only for ourselves and not for the glory of God. I asked my friend, is God in your plans? I said, mm, yes. What's the role of God in your plans? Mostly a troubleshooter. Huh? He's not what we plan for. He's just there whenever we need help when our plans are not going our way. And we seek, Lord, please help me. Anything, have you noticed when you plan for yourselves, anything that comes in between you and your plans, you just like... <clears throat> and sometimes God is in between your plans. If God is not the main reason for our plans of our lives, then there'll be no joy. Would you say amen? amen. Friends, I have this uh, 
this beautiful thought here from Helping Daily Living. It says, many are unable to make definite plans for the future. Their life is unsettled. They cannot discern the outcome of their affairs and often fills them with anxiety and unrest. Who among you here is anxious right now? Don't raise your hand. Let us remember that the life of God's children in this world is a pilgrim life. Can you say amen? Friends, this is not your final destination. This is just a layover. Your final destination is heaven. And it says here, we have not wisdom to plan for our own lives. It is not for us to shape our future. Friends, who is our example? Jesus. Who among you here agrees that Jesus is our example? Okay, only one-third or maybe one-fifth of the group accepts that Jesus is our example. So would you believe that whatever Jesus has shown us, we should follow? Amen? So listen to this. Christ in his life on earth made no plans for himself. Wow. Did you get this? Christ on his life on earth made no plans for himself. He accepted God's plan for him. And day by day, the Father unfolded his plans. So should we depend upon God that our lives may be a simple outworking of his will. And I like this last line. As we commit our ways to him, he will direct our steps. Isn't that amazing? As we commit our ways to him, he will direct our steps. Isn't that powerful, my dear friends? And as, uh, as I was reading this, I was also reminded by this beautiful verse. I think most of you, if not all of you, memorize this verse. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with what? With all of your hearts. Let's just stay in that first line. Trust in the Lord with what? With all of your heart. So God is somehow challenging, challenging us right now. Trust me with all of your heart, with the plans that I have for you. And friends, I was reminded by, by the sermon of uh, Pastor Justin yesterday, or uh, from Pastor Sebastian, calls him JK. So he was talking about uh, the rich young ruler. Was it Pastor Justin who was saying, oh, it was, I guess, uh, yeah, I, heard, I heard, I'm sorry, I'm, my mind is still in, in Iceland. So the rich young ruler, and I went to, to my devotions that afternoon and read about it. And, and when I read it in the Bible, I, sometimes I, I, I don't see what, what people others see. So I went to the spirit of prophecy and read the Bible side by side. It was really beautiful. It says here, the rich young ruler saw the love that Christ manifested toward the children brought to him. And he saw how tenderly he received them and took them on his arms. And his heart kindled with love for the Savior. He felt a desire to be his disciple. He, he was so deeply moved that Christ was going on his way. And he ran after him. I did not know this. The rich young ruler ran after Christ. And kneeling at his feet. Did you get this? He knelt at his feet and asked sincerely and earnestly the question so important to his soul. To the soul of every human being, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And friends, I like the description, the spirit of prophecy. Jesus looked into the face of the young man as if reading his life and searching his character. He loved him and he hungered to give him the peace and grace and joy which would materially change his character and eventually his life. Jesus longed to give him. I just want to focus on the last thing. Jesus desired to give him the joy. And it says here, and Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. He said, go thy way, sell whatever, whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Friends, if you want to take the joy that Jesus has offered, you have to take the cross. Amen? You have to take the cross. And, and friends, this is what happened. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, 
for he had great possessions. Friends, Jesus saw that the only thing that will stop him are his possessions. Jesus saw something that he would love more than he would love Jesus. And that's why Jesus was asking for that thing, to be surrendered. Listen to this. The ruler was quick to discern that Christ's words involved, and he became sad. He had realized the, if he had realized the value of the offered gift, quickly he would have enrolled himself as one of Christ's followers. Amen. And this one blew my mind. Listen to this. Jesus saw his potential, friends. If he would place, if that young ruler would place himself under Christ's guidance, he would be a power for good. In a marked degree, the ruler would have represented Christ, for he possessed qualifications which, if he were united with the Savior, would enable him to become a divine force among men. This is what the ruler had missed out on. Jesus longed to see him a co-worker with him. He longed to make him, like himself, a mirror in which the likeness of God would be reflected. But the wrong young ruler turn away. He saw that God's cross does not involve his plans. God's cross, Jesus' cross, would somehow hinder him from fulfilling the plan of his life. He wanted the heavenly treasure, but he wanted also the temporal advantages. His riches would bring him he was so sorry that such condition existed. He desired eternal life, but he was not willing to make the sacrifice. The cost of eternal life seemed too great, and he went away sorrowful. In Matthew, it says he went away grieved. Grieved. Friends, it's like there's a death in the family. He was grieved. My, my dear friends, if you turn away from the cross, you'll not have joy. And you will grieve. With, with what deep interest he watched the issue, Jesus watched the issue as the young man weighed the question. If he decided to follow Christ, he must obey his words in everything. This is one thing that caught my attention. With deep interest, Jesus watched the young man as if he was, if only Jesus could cheer him, please choose the cross. Amen. Please choose the cross. I have so much to give to you. But a young man turned away because it doesn't fit his plans. It doesn't fit his plans because it is such a sacrifice to follow Christ. And listen, it will require a sacrifice to give your plans or yourself to God. But it is a sacrifice of the lower for the higher, for the earthly, for the spiritual, for the perishable, for the eternal. Is it a, really a sacrifice? It's not. My dear friends, it is an upgrade. Amen? When God is asking you to surrender something, you know what that means? You are ready for an upgrade. But sometimes we hang on to our Nokia 5110 so much with a little antenna. Oh Lord, please. No. I love these little buttons. I love this yellow screen. But God has iPhone X Max, 512 gigabyte, no offense to Samsung users. But we hold on to those little things that we had and tell God, no, please, no. Friends, it is not a sacrifice. It is an upgrade. But we focus our vision so much on that little thing that we're about to give away. But we close our eyes for the things that God would desire to give us. I remember when I was going into this mission, missionary work, and it seems like there's a lot of things to give up. And the Lord showed me, no, there's a lot of things to gain. And I gain a lot of peace of mind. No anxiety. Yes, there's still problems, but the problems seem smaller because your God is bigger this time. Amen? And as I surrendered my finances to the Lord, I also surrendered. The Lord is teaching me to surrender everything. And one of those things that he wanted me to surrender to him was my schedule. My schedule speaking because I was an organizer and I would want to organize things. And the Lord showed me that if I organize things, I'm stressed out. I become smaller, friends. So 
one time my sister asked me, so Jem, is, what is this you're doing? I said, what do you mean? I said, if you're a missionary, just like, take it seriously. <laughs> and I'm saying, am I not serious? I said, be a real missionary. Be somewhere else. Settle somewhere and be paid. At least you have security. That's what she said. And said, I'm secured with God. And then she asked me, what if you'll have a family later on? Yes, friends, I'm still single, by the way, for those of you who do not know. I'm single, but not advertising. So, and she said, how are you going to take care of the family? And then I got afraid. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I could not even take care of a goldfish. How much more of a family? And I begin to worry. I begin to take this seriously now. I'm thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? And I begin to give suggestions to the Lord. So, Lord, should I accept this offer in this country, in that country? And the Lord was silent. And this is one thing I've learned when the Lord is silent. I've talked too much. <laughs> and I remember this beautiful verse, Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. And for the past year, during that time, the Lord has been leading my life, he's been the one arranging all those mission trips. And, and the Lord showed me, look back in the past. Have I not been faithful to how I led your life? So I said, okay, Lord, then I give this back to you again. I surrender this. The moment I said those words, because friends, during that time, I was so afraid. After that mission trip, I have nowhere to go. So I said, okay, Lord, it's up to you. I surrendered it to the Lord the next day. One call after another, one email after another, my whole three months were booked. Isn't that amazing? My whole three months were booked. After the, that three months, I'm beginning to trust Him more. I said, okay, Lord, I learned my lessons. I surrender to you. Sometimes we say we surrender all, but it's not really all. Huh? So now I'm surrendering 99.8%. So I surrendered to, to the Lord after the third month. The Lord filled my six months. After the six months, I said, Lord, I learned my lesson. I will not even put my finger in any of your plans. Your plans are awesome. And the Lord booked me a year and a quarter in advance. Friends, we serve a God who is able. Who is able to plan our lives. Can you say amen? amen. What's the first, what's the main reason? What's, what is the first reason that we do not experience the joy that the Lord has promised? What? We make our own plans. We plan for ourselves and not for the glory of God. And friends, let's go to number two. Oh, before you go to number two, there is a solution for number one. Listen to this. Help in Daily Living, page 19, paragraph one. Too many in planning for a brilliant future make an utter failure. God's solution is, is only five words. Let God plan for you. Amen? My dear friends, if it's God planning for you, you'll never regret the result. He's, he has always exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine. Amen? Because if not for that, I will not be joyful right now. I'll not be excited right now. Second, second reason is, we rely so much on our own strength. We rely so much on our own strength. Remember, Trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart. And what's the next line? Lean not on your own understanding. Let's elaborate it. Lean not on your own strength. Lean not on your own resources, on your own education, on your network, on your net, net worth. In everything. But only lean on Him. Friends, even Jesus said in John 5 verse 30, I can of mine own self do nothing. Amen? Does Jesus himself, the Son of God, said, in his own self, he can do nothing. How much more, Jem? How much more you? And I like this, this beautiful thought from Science of the Times that says, whatever prevents us from making Christ our entire dependence is abomination in the sight of God. Did you get this? You want me to read it again? Whatever prevents us from making Christ our entire dependence is abomination in the sight of God. God wants you to depend fully upon Him. It pleases Him. If you are so needy of Him, can you say amen? 
This is the God that we serve, my dear friends. Remember in the stories of the Bible, remember Gideon and his 300? Before it was trimmed down to 300, how many were there? The 32,000. 32,000 not trained, not trained warriors, but trained laborers. These are, our, these are construction workers, domestic helpers. These are not trained warriors. And, and friends, their enemy was it's huge. It's like locusts. It's like the sand on the seashore. That was a description. And the Lord says, they are too many. Cut them off. Cut them down. From 32,000 to not yet 300. You're so in a hurry. 32,000 to what? 10,000. And the Lord says, it's still too many. Judges 7 verse 2. If you have your Bibles with you, I'll not wait for you. I'll read. The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Did you see this, friends? Even slaves would have the tendency to claim the glory that's supposed to be God's. Even people who are not trained for the battle that they were asked to fight would have the tendency to claim the glory for God. And you know what the Lord did? The Lord reduced them. The Lord reduced them to impossibility. You know what's the percentage of 300 over 32,000 for those of you who are mathematicians? It's not 1%. It's 9.9375. Can we... Round it off to one? No. It's almost one, but it's not one percent. The Lord wants it to be so obvious that when He gives the victory, you could not take the glory for yourself. He wants it to be so obvious that when the victory is given, because when you ally with God, you ally with, with a victor, you'll never lose. But He wants to give the full He wants us to give Him the full glory. Amen. Listen to this thought. The Lord can do but little for the children of men because they are so full of pride and vainglory. They exalt self, magnifying their own strength, learning and wisdom. It is necessary for God to disappoint their hopes and frustrate their plans that they may learn to trust in Him alone. Amen? It is necessary for the Lord to disappoint and to frustrate that we may trust in Him alone. Isn't it beautiful? God is so good, friends. Galatians 6 verse 3, it says, If a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. I remember I met a young man, and uh, he's, from, he's from Colombia, and they did like this youth rush. And friends, he was, he was the top of his of his group, of his batch, he was selling like 40 books in a day. It's crazy. And, and his friends were bragging about him to me when I went to their school. And he said, no, 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 Brother Jim, it was all God. God led me in all those things. And the friends said, no, no, he was, he's just playing humble, but he is really awesome. And then this guy said, no, Brother Jim, I have to tell you the story. So put his arm around me when we walked out of the cafeteria. He told me, you know what, you know me, I'm, I'm not from here. English is not my first language, and I have not sold anything my whole life. So when we were given this task to, to canvas, my heart was just like about to bleed. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? So I told God, Lord, I could only, only do this if you lead me, if you'll be with me step by step. So friends, the Lord led him. The Lord guided him for each and every person that he met. It's, it's like 90 to 100% he has a sale. And one particular time, he was in, uh, in the parking lot. It, it was Costco or, uh, or Target. And he was asking God, Lord, please lead me to the right car. And then the Lord led him to this car. And he, when the moment he knocked, and he said, uh-oh, because he saw that the guy inside the car was holding a gun. So this guy put down his, his window and said, what do you want? And this nervous Colombian, he said, Oh, oh, God sent me here. <laughs> For sure, God sent them here. Sent him there. It's, 
He was asking for the Lord's leading and guidance. And friends, while he was there, he was the, the guy who asked him that question broke down. That you are the third person that interrupted me from, en from ending my life. And for sure the Lord sent you here. Slowly, he put his hand on the shoulder of this guy. Talk to him the way would God would lead him to talk to this guy. He prayed for this guy. Friends, this guy gave his heart to Jesus. Amen. And at the end, the guy bought a book from him. <laughs> Did you see that book, Peace in the Storm? The guy from a suicide, from a failed suicide uh, victim, he became a customer, became a recipient of the blessing of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Friends, the Lord doesn't want us to rely on our own intelligence and our own ways. He wants us to rely fully on Him. Because if we do, He'll show us that there's more to life than this. Amen. So, there's, I have a story that I'd like to share as well. Last, uh, last couple of months, when they asked me to, when I received um, an email from Brother Ben, asking me to speak here in GYC. And I'm thinking, the first thing that I thought was, is Brother Sebastian backing out from speaking? <laughs> is Pastor Justin Kim sick? And I'm thinking, what, what is happening? And then I asked them, is Sebastian Braxton still coming? I said, yes. And I'm thinking, what were they thinking? Why are they picking me? And I, honestly, this was, I was thinking, I'd, I'd be discounting what, what you will receive. And I talked to my prayer partner and I prayed about it. I said, Jem, you're talking about faith wherever you go and now faith is needed. And then maybe God has a, a message for you. And I was praying and praying and the Lord gave me this beautiful verse, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27. And God has chosen the foolish things of this world. I'm thinking, Lord, that is so comforting. Thank you. He has not chosen us because we are qualified. He's chosen us because He wants to shine His glory through us. And when people will begin to appreciate, you could not take the glory for yourself. You could only give it to the one who deserves it. Amen? While I was uh, waiting for the annual council last, last year in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, another, and my prayer partner who's coming from Europe, he's arriving on, on Sabbath evening. It was 6 o'clock. Oh, no, it's 7 o'clock, and I was thinking, oh, Lord, I don't want to travel because he's, uh, he's landing in Washington, D.C., and we were in, in Silver Spring, Maryland. It will take like two hours going to that place, and I was thinking, Lord, I don't want to travel on Sabbath, and I need your direction. I need your guidance. You have promised in Psalms 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. Amen? I will guide you with mine eye. So I was praying and praying, Lord, please teach me how to go about this. And when I looked at Uber, friends, Uber costs 76 U.S. dollars. I'm thinking, this is the most expensive taxi ride that I'll have. So I said, Lord, please, I need more ways that, that's cheaper than this. And the Lord showed me Uber Pool. I have not taken Uber Pool before. Uber pool and Uber pool. For those of you who have not ridden Uber, those of you who are richer than me, Uber pool, you are sharing it with, with some other people. I'm thinking this would work. And I, I checked, okay, but I will arrive there late if I would leave a sunset. And I was asking the Lord, just, just lead me. And the Lord gave me peace to book at 6 p.m. Of course, it's not sunset yet. So I was just praying, okay, Lord, so please lead me. And while I was booking, now, I was waiting for the pickup spot. And there's this car who's about to pick me up. He was stuck in a corner. He goes around and around and around. Like two minutes, he was just going round and round. And finally, he, he pulled over, and I went in, and it was windy. The moment I got in, I went to the front seat. The moment I got in, the door like slammed. And that was not a good first impression. And then this African-American guy, big guy, who has huge chain with, what's this, with a lot of blinks in his uh, hand, told me, man, my door. I said, I'm sorry, it was the wind. 
So we started driving. No, he started driving. I don't know how to drive. So he started driving, and then I asked him a question. So man, how's your day? He said, Oh, there's a lot of things to complain about, but、uh, I choose to be thankful.、He、said, Oh, you're a good guy. Then he noticed that I'm that I'm quite chatty. <laughs> so he opened the window, and then he turned on the music, and then he said,、uh, Do you know reggae? And I said, Yes, I'm I'm from the islands. I know reggae. And then I was about to say, "No, this is Sabbath." The Lord shut my mouth. So he turned on, turned on the music, and then he began asking me questions. And he said, "So, are you from here?" I said, "No, I'm not from here. I'm just visiting." I said, "Oh, so where are you from?" I'm from the Philippines. And then he asked me, "So what do you do?" And I told him, "I'm an assassin." Then, <laughs> that caught his attention, and then he said, "I'm Asian." So like. <laughs> So I told him, no, no, no. I'm a missionary. That's why I travel a lot. Said,、so, and then he told me, oh, you're a missionary. So tell me about it. The moment he said, tell me about it, there's like the bell ringing in my head. Ding, 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 ding. Testimony time. So I shared with him my testimony. And friends, while I was sharing my testimony, he turned on the music. Praise the Lord. And then he began putting up his window, and he was. Beginning to be fascinated with the testimonies that I was sharing, and I'm thinking, Lord, thank God, He is He is responding. And after that, He He told me about about His frustrations, about all the things that is happening in His life. He told me about two close relatives that just died in in that month alone, in that month alone because of gang violence. He told me about his abandonment issues. He told me that he is in the two-month funk of his life, and he said, "I didn't even want—I didn't even want to live anymore." He said, "If not for my two daughters, I would not be here right now." So we were driving, and I told him, "You know what, man? Even those things are happening. I know that God is still good." He said, "Yes, I know that God is still good, but sometimes it's just so difficult to believe that there is even a God." So I was trying to to talk him out of that of that situation that he is in, and then while we were talking, remember this is Uber Pool. There was a message that came in to be picked up. I'm thinking, Oh Lord, please protect this conversation. And all of a sudden, the Lord just convicted me. Give him what I've given you last week. There's one person who handed me a hundred dollars, U.S. dollars. I'm thinking, the whole thing. <laughs> And the Lord just convicted me the whole thing.、And、I'm thinking, I was complaining a, a while ago about the 76 U.S. dollars cost, and now I'm, I'm giving him a 76, no, a hundred dollar tip. But then, when the Lord says so, you have to follow. So usually I give tips, but not that much. I give tips when I get off the vehicle. But this time, the Lord strongly convicted me. Give it to him now. So friends, while he was driving, I, I took. I took it out from my bag, and I folded a hundred-dollar bill, and I showed him. Hey, Sean. Sean was his name. Brother, this is for you. And then he looked at me and said, "What is this?" "That's for you." I said, "What? Why?" I said, "Because the Lord says so." So it doesn't make sense.、I、said, "God doesn't make sense sometimes." Said, Why? Said because the Lord says so.、I、said, "No, no, it doesn't make sense. You are not rich. You told me you don't even have a salary." Yeah, and I'm the one who has a car. I'm the one who has all these blings, and you're giving me a hundred dollars. No one has given me a hundred dollars right now. I said, "It's not my money. It's from the Lord." I said, "You just don't know." He began to act violent. I said, "Bro, calm down." <laughs> and he said, "You just don't know." I said, "Calm down, Sean. Calm down." I said, "You just don't know, Jen." Yeah, because this day, this day. I was awakened at 5 a.m. I don't know what woke me up. I don't know what woke me up. I'm not a morning person, but something just woke me up. And there's this still small voice that's whispering in my heart, "I'm going to do something special for you today." And then, while he was sharing that, he was pounding on his wheel, like you just don't know. And he keeps on looking at me, and I'm thinking, "Look at the road." <laughs> Friends, I'm afraid he might punch me. And then he said, 
you just don't know what you did. You just brought back my faith again. And he opened up. He opened up about his mother who abandoned him. He opened up about his first girlfriend who somehow brought him to the U.S. and sent him to jail. He, he, there was such a huge abandonment issue. And now, while we were talking about this, his phone kept on ringing because of the other passenger that needs to be picked up. I said, Lord, please, stop this. And the guy, Sean, said, no, reject. This ride is just for you. Of course, it's 132 U.S. dollars by now. <laughs> so so he, was, he was driving and he began to open up. And before we even stopped, before he dropped me off, he said, Jem, I know you've given me a lot of things already, but there's one thing that I'd like to ask a favor from you. And I said, what's that, Sean? Can you pray for me before you leave me, my car? And I told him, even if you won't ask, I will still pray for you. <laughs> Friends, I prayed for Sean. And that, and that uh, Sabbath, I went to Tridelphia Church, went with Melody and, and some other friends. And that Sabbath, the Lord just convicted me, pick up this, all these tracks here. And I picked them all up, and all of them went to Sean. I gave him my card, and I said, Sean, I might not have another $100, but anytime you need prayer, call me. I'll pray with you. Friends, after we prayed, Sean was crying. He gave me a huge hug. And then I said goodbye. And then I begin to realize, this is what happens when God directs our path. This is what happens when God is in charge of our plans. This is what happens when we admit to ourselves, I do not know what to do, O Lord, but my eyes are upon you. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. The third reason I'd like to share this, uh, this morning. Before I share that, I'll give you this, uh, this story in the Bible that somehow shook my, my confidence in God. Remember the Israelites before they, they went to Canaan? They were there, and they're only like 11 days' journey, and then they committed that great mistake. And who told them to send spies to search the land? Numbers 13, verse 1. Yes, it was God. Numbers 13, verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land. And I was just thinking, Lord, this is a crazy thing that you're doing. You ask them to send men, this faithless generation, and you know what's going to happen afterwards? When the spies return with their negative reports, what's going to happen is they will not go. And I'm thinking, Lord, you set up your people for failure. And I was not having a lot of patience. I closed my Bible and I said, it's not good, Lord. And God was so patient with me. He waited on me. Isn't our God good, amen? And until I read this beautiful passage from Signs of the Times that says, listen to this. The proposition to send men to search the land was first made by the people. Did you get this? And I'm thinking, it's contradictory, Lord, for what you have said in Numbers. And then, while I was sharing this at Andrews, a friend of mine, Justin, said, Jem, we are studying about this, about this passage. There is actually a support in the Bible that it's not actually God's, God's leading. It was man's. Deuteronomy, friends, 1 verse 21 and 22 and 23. This was the time before they, they surrounded Jericho. And Moses gave this, gave this situation, and he reminded them, verse 22, he says, And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us. So whose idea was it? It was man's idea. It was Israel's idea. Friends, listen to this thought. Let me continue the thought from the spirit of prophecy. It says, The proposition to send men to search the land was first made by the people. But as it pleased Moses, he presented the matter before the Lord and obtained his consent for them to go. The result was disaster and destruction. Friends, may I ask you this question? Is the idea to search the land a good idea or a bad idea in general? It's a good idea. 
you have to test the waters before you jump in. Amen? Friends, no matter how, how good of an idea it is, no matter how brilliant of an idea it is, but if it's not God's idea, it will result into disaster and destruction. Listen to this thought. That, this thought really shook me. Had they waited for the Lord to say, go forward, and followed his divine, this divine leader, they would have seen the majesty and glory of God as verily as they saw it 40 years afterwards. Friends, had they waited for the Lord to say, go forward, they would have seen the majesty and the victory that they would have seen 40 years afterwards. Isn't that painful? But they could not wait on God. They went ahead with our own brilliant ideas. And as a result, they wasted 40 years. Not just 40 years. It cost them not just 40 years. It cost them their lives. Friends, why are we still here? Why are we still here? We should be in heaven by now. It's because of our brilliant ideas. It's because of our awesome ideas that we don't seem to need God's leading, to need God's guidance. We seem to know where we're going. But God desires to lead us every step of the way. Can you say amen? amen. Had they waited. Friends, the third reason why we're not having the joy that God has promised is we do not wait on God. Praying is just for the week. United prayer in the morning. <laughs> I have a lot of things better to do than just spending my time crying out to the Lord. My dear friends, as a church, that's where we're lacking. We have to spend more time on our knees. If you want to finish this work, my dear friends, you cannot finish this on your own might. Not by might nor by power, but only by His Spirit, my dear friends. There's this beautiful quote that says, there is a necessity for the Lord himself to communicate his own ideas to the soul. Did you get this? It is necessary for God to communicate his own ideas to us. He desires that day by day, moment by moment. If we but come to him and ask him, we will receive his ideas. Christ is ever sending messages to those who listen to his voice. Can you say amen? amen. Friends, there's, there's one more story. I'm sorry I'm going a bit over time right now. There's one more story that, that shook my, my confidence in God. It was a story of Moses. Pastor Justin Kim was talking about Moses a while ago. Remember Moses, he's, he's, he's one of the people that ever existed that uh, that has gone through a lot of cross experience. Wouldn't you agree? His patience was tested. His faith was tested. And then he committed one little sin, and he was not allowed to go to Canaan. And a few chapters later, he was burying his brother, his best friend. And then a few chapters later, he was asked by God to go up in Mount Nebo alone. He will not be accompanied by other people. He was about to go to Mount Nebo alone, and he was walking there alone. And the Lord told him that you will die. You'll not be able to cross Canaan. Friends, it's heartbreaking to see this happening. The faithful servant of God walking up to Mount Nebo without anyone with him to bury him. And burial during the time is very, very important. And while he was there, friends, the greatest... That was his Calvary experience. His cross was not over. While he was there, and the Lord showed him the land that he was not able to enter. I'm thinking, Lord, this is too much. I closed my Bible again and said, I don't like this, Lord. And I even told God, I don't like you. I was heartbroken. I'm thinking, this is how you treat your faithful servant? Give him a Calvary experience after Calvary experience? And I was, the Lord somehow just, was just so patient. Just read on. I was reading again in a beautiful spirit of prophecy. And then the Lord showed Moses this land that he's not gonna enter. And I'm thinking, wow, this is such a torture. 
It's like dangling a burger in front of a hungry child. A vegan burger, of course. <laughs> so, and, and I was losing my patience. But the Lord somehow just cheered me on. Just continue reading. And the Lord opened a panoramic view to Moses. The Lord showed Moses as the, as the Israelites conquered Canaan. The Lord showed Moses how the Israelites fell. The Lord showed Moses the apostasy of the Israelites. And the Lord showed Moses how his son came. The Lord showed Moses the, the choosing disciples. The Lord showed Moses Jesus being crucified at the cross. The Lord showed Moses everything. And then the Lord closed his eyes. The Lord himself laid him down. And the story was not over. Satan came. He wants to claim the body of Moses. And the Lord told him, talk to the hand. <laughs> and the Lord raised Moses. Now, now, listen. Imagine you're Moses. Imagine you're Moses. When you opened your eyes, the first thing that you see was the God that you desired to see. Amen. And then when I, when I see that ending, I begin to realize what I desire for Moses was too low. I desire for him to go inside Canaan, but what God's desire for him is to be up there in the heavenly Canaan. My dear friends, our dreams are too low. Our ambitions are too low. God desires for us to trust Him with all of our hearts. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. Friends, there's another. There's a one person who Moses followed after. It was Jesus, and he was on the cross. And he was crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Another special person who gave his life to the Lord, and then he is experiencing this. But listen to this thought. In the time that Jesus felt so abandoned, desire of ages, listen, in the thickness, in that thick darkness, God's presence was hidden. Can you say amen? He makes darkness his pavilion and conceals his glory from the human eyes. God and his holy angels were beside the cross. Friends, God and his holy angels were beside the cross. Jesus was in the presence of God. My dear friends, in the cross experience that we experience, it might seem so dark, it might seem so stormy, but so you know, even though you do not feel it, the presence of the Lord is there. And therefore, I conclude, in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. That's why, friends, when you take the cross, God will come along with you. If you take up the cross, you take up what he has promised and even more. Before I end, I'd like to give an invitation this morning. I know that the young ruler has turned his back on the Lord, but this time the Lord is wanting for you to take up the cross because he wants to share with you something that he has not shared with that young ruler. If it is your desire, I'd like to invite you to come forward. Come. Do not look around. This is not between you and your friends. This is between you and the God who is giving you that invitation. Come. Do not get satisfied having only a piece of what the world is trying to offer. God has something bigger. God has something greater for us. Come, friends. Weigh the circumstance. What is there to look? What is there? What is that something that's holding you back? 
is it worth losing heaven for? Friends, come. Give it all to the Lord. Do not hold back. We are at the age of where we are at the edge of Canaan. Not just earthly Canaan, friends, but we are at the edge of heavenly Canaan. This is the time for full throttle. This is the time to let God have it all. Dear Father, we come to you right now giving you what belongs to you. Our lives, dear Lord, as the lyrics of this song says, take my will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take this heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. And Lord, I pray that you please draw us closer to you. Help us to see a clearer picture of the God that we serve. And Lord, I pray that you please give us the courage to come boldly before you and claim, and claim the promises that you have given us. And Lord, I pray that you please bestow upon us, dear Father, a double portion of your Holy Spirit. We desire to give it all. We don't know how to. So Lord, please take, take each and every hand. Lead us, Lord, in the path that you want us to go. You have led us in the past. Lord, we know that you please lead us today. We want to desire what you desire for us. And Lord, I pray in a very special way that you please anoint each one with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, change our desire, change our motives. May we desire you more than we desire joy in our hearts. May we desire the giver more than the gift. And may we desire to continually surrender all to you. They are yours anyways, dear Lord, so please take it. Take our hearts for we cannot give it. It is thy property. Please keep it pure for we cannot keep it for thee. Save us, save us in spite of ourselves, our weak and Christ-like selves. Mold us, fashion us, and lift us to the pure atmosphere and holy atmosphere where the rich current of thy love can flow through our souls. Father, I pray that you please bless each and every one come boldly before your throne right now. Help us, Lord, to be more desperate for you day by day, moment by moment. And pour upon us again the full measure of your Spirit, for we ask this in the loving name of your Son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.